Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hi, welcome to Unsheathed, lucky episode 13B. I'm Kyle Gold. <laughs> I'm alternate universe Cam Hirosaki. <laughs> And somehow beamed from somewhere, wherever he was, it's Flame! <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Welcome, Try welcome. to, let's do this! Yeah, welcome Flame to the uh, indiscreet disclosed location, or undisclosed discreet location, or Guys, whatever it is. Guys, totally a tanker in the Pacific, don't worry about it. <laughs> I found it out, you can search for it. Um, we're, uh, we're excited to have Flame here. We're going to do a, a little, um, what did we call it? Mixed cast, combined com, combo cast. I like uh, calling them combina casts, but of course we were coming up with terrible versions in the first one, where it's like unsheath pod or pod sheath combina, <laughs> pod sheath. And like, uh, and I'll form the head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do I get the femur? Oh, I hate this. Um, you're not even the real Voltron. You're the one that's made up of vehicles. <laughs> Oh, good Voltron references. Yeah, I I go from Star Wars to the Bible to to Voltron to <laughs> as most Miley men Cyrus. do zero to sixty. Um, so we're gonna do we're gonna do some uh, Anthropod cast features. We're gonna do some Unsheathed features. We got some letters to read about questions about horror writing, and Flane's um, gonna give us his unique perspective on furry writing and. Uh, Whatever else we can come up with. I like reading. So, <laughs> there. It's good. All right. Good job, you guys. <laughs> uh, so, Flane, what's in the news? Oh, okay. Well, um, since we're going to do it a little bit light since we're doing two combined shows, uh, nothing's been really big. We, I, technically, I still have two anthropods floating out there in the ether that uh, have to be taken care of with the whole uh, Chew Fox thing and stuff yeah, like that. We've been so, waiting for them. Uh, yeah. It's also been a little bit busy, so I'm sorry for that, everybody, if this comes out before then. Uh, the only big thing that I know that's come up that uh, I think is probably noteworthy, if uh, any of you individuals still are doing the Furcadia uh, there was a big security breach where a whole bunch of passwords got leaked out. It was uh, put on the main chat and everything. Uh, anybody who had a basic password, like fur one or something like that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> consider your password compromised at this point. But hopefully you probably you know are smart enough to know that you can just switch that over to fur two and you're okay. Um, <laughs> Um, but thought, yeah, I thought Fortunia and Vercadia were two different things. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that was that was the big news is that there was a big security breach and a whole bunch of people and supposedly there was some uh, like some of the paid stuff may have gotten transferred over to people's accounts and stuff like that and that they you were like, pay for Fercadia? Oh yeah, it's like hundred and fifty bucks to be a dragon for life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, that's one of the most amazing sentences I've ever heard. <laughs> I was yeah. just going to say, I thought it just took tripping a lot. No, no. It... <laughs> for half the price of an Xbox 360, you could be a dragon forever. Yeah, it's it's like you can. there's like portraits you can get for like 15 bucks. But yeah, like some of the big ones like, you can get wings forever for $75. Wow. Sorry. Which, which, that's I, just ridiculous. I, I'm trying to figure out what their concept of forever is. Well, you have to realize this is a system that's been around since 1994. This is this has been this is you know this is older than I have been in the fandom. So you know this is this is have been this is something that has been here since the dawn of time, and it's pretty much still there. And you know, no problem to anybody who actually still like does the Furcadia stuff. But pretty much Furcadia at this point is everybody who is either super tangentially furry, or you know has just still has such a crappy machine they can't run Second Life. Or they spent the hundred fifty dollars and they don't yeah. want to give up being a dragon. Dude, I'm a dragon. No, totally. <laughs> you can be a dragon forever, or until we leak your passwords and some hoser jacks your account. <laughs> well, and you could still be a dragon. It's just they can be a dragon too. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, is in that, that sounds like a soft drink game, commercial. People can make particular <laughs> mods. They can make particular dreams, as they are called, that have that access. So everybody who goes in it becomes a dragon. Wow. <laughs> so it's not even that. I think just... I read that story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, transformation fiction. Okay. Yay. <laughs> <Murr>. <laughs> 
Uh, so that was the only big, like, big thing that I know that came out recently um, of all that stuff is that, you know, there was just a whole big password breach and stuff like that. Besides that, you know, after the whole Chew Fox incident, everything has kind of calmed down. And you can find out more about that and more over at Anthropod.org and catch the show once we get it up. <laughs> Go into the past, which is also the future. Yes. <laughs> the future Our... today. <laughs> Our future, your past. Um. Thank you for helping us. Help you help us all. Go local Not, sports team. Go local sports team. All right. So um, before <laughs> we get today. into... <laughs> today was fail local sports team. Well, your local sports team. No, no. Like local local well, sports yeah, teams. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was local. a colossal fail on both counts. Uh, that's very true. Are we going to break this down and just go into sports for some bit and just appease everybody <laughs> on your side? <laughs> we can segue it into the sequel to Out of Position somehow. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm working on that right now. So all of this uh, football fail is a really good inspiration for writing some of the scenes in that. Uh, in so that are you going to call it like fourth and ten or something? Yeah, something like that. I know I'm not quite sure what I'm going to call it yet. Although I I will have to say that they've been stuck in a non-football setting and scene for <laughs> you could, you like. Could, you can have uh, it called rushing the forever. Uh, like uh, rushing the passer or something. Oh, when I when I was asking <laughs> for titles before I came up with the title for the first one, I I got. All kinds of suggestions on the journal and um, like flag on the play and in the sack, unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct and uh, all sorts of stuff like that. I don't even remember half of them, but uh, that was funny. So maybe I'll do another call just to see what people come up with. Fourth and goal, more, <laughs> more embarrassing than the 2007 Super Bowl. Oh, uh, between the uprights. Yeah. Oh, that's a wow. good one. <laughs> maybe that'll be this one. Yeah, or you you should go the Airbud way and keep changing the sport. So, oh, I don't think Airbud should be used to emulate <laughs> anything. You should go the Airbud way and amputate the leg of one of the main characters in the second one. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Did Airbud lose a leg? Yeah, the dog who played Airbud got cancer and they had to amputate one of his legs. How could he be the golden receiver without a leg? <laughs> That's why the sequel was just his puppies. Oh shit! They did do the. <laughs> I'm not making this, this up. He had, he had cancer. And they had this is hilarious and sad at the same moment. I'm sorry, everyone. Did they go into space? I think we, I think we broke an otter again. <laughs> did, didn't the puppies go into space? <laughs> Was, did Leprechaun show up eventually? I mean, what's going to happen here? I'm the Leprechaun. <laughs> oh. Everybody, think, I'm sorry if you usually listen to this show. I think, you uh, definitely changed the dynamic. I think... Um, I think Hirosaki might want to think twice about mixing beer and wine in the future. It seems to have it's not made my him fault. Inf- <laughs> you talk about being a dragon forever. I, th- I think we are going to have to immortalize "dragon for life" as one of our uh, as one of our phrases. I want to get yeah, a bit. tattoo across my chest. <laughs> dragon for life. Anybody who donates to this show will just get to be called a dragon, dragon for life. Dragon for life. Oh man! If we had our own like unsheathed forums, we could have that be like your little like forum title, "Dragon for Life." Until oh, you, you post totally... enough. Hey, if you uh, if we get you guys over on Anthropod, you could totally have a forum and therefore do that. <laughs> we should. Well, we talked about that already. Yeah. We should. Uh, we I'm should just get lazy. that set up. I'm yeah, just lazy. I and I haven't really emailed you at yeah. all about it. So, yeah. and I'm forgetful too. So, <laughs> well, we'll do it right here. We'll just lock the door until we get it all settled up. <laughs> It's gonna be a big management meeting. <laughs> I'm sorry, we gotta we gotta draft that contract tonight. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Um, so, I think one of the things we wanted to talk about with Flane was um, kind of what's your perspective? I mean, we talk a lot about writing and, and books and stuff, but we're real immersed in the community of writers and people who read, sort of by definition, because people that want to talk to us are people who've read our stories and read our books and you've kind of an outsider's perspective where you you read graphic novels and stuff but my my girlfriend considers me an ingrate so you know she's like what i read a book every single night i'm like i read i download comics and they got pictures so twitter is reading (laughs) that's difficult sometimes people use acronyms i gotta look up so what does um, FYIAD mean? <laughs> FYI, don't start breaking my mind here. Um, 
But yeah, uh, as for the writing thing, um, and just so everybody knows, I have been buzzed a little bit. These guys uh, offered me a uh, bunch of beer and everything, which local was... Local uh, microbrews, what, what, even. Yeah, local microbrews love it. It was an Oktoberfest in Amber from... Okay, it was... It was something ocean-related. Wake? Something. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy your show by trying to figure out what it was. It was Wake something. <laughs> Tide. Tide. Tide House. Tide House. There we go. We're not making that up for the show, by the way. No, no. It's not just because of the you know furry double entendre here. It's actually but, called that. But it should be the official drink of Unsheathed. If you could get that image on a growler of a... Oh, there goes my mind. <laughs> that that picture gets that on a growler. That's what she said. Cam Hirosaki's going to go away for about two minutes here. He'll be back. That that picture's Avian did. You want that on a Tide House growler? Ooh, that'd be nice actually. But he's not tied. He's just naughty, sheathy, foxy, drippy. I, I'm sure. I'm sure if we asked Avian, he'd do us a Tide picture. What are they talking about? <laughs> we got uh, at Rainforest. We got free porn from somebody who was listening to us record at the live show he he did the sketch while in the audience and came up halfway through the show and handed it to oh, us that's nice all i get is posts on lulls so you know <laughs> you know i guess each their own yeah 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 there's this great moment where we suddenly both go speechless and we're like oh hello <laughs> he certainly looks happy to see us as the he, word is called myrrh and he, and he later colored it and put it up on fa um so if you want Sh- to go to uh Xavian's Gallery on FA, Z A V I A N. Um And we have it on our own unsheathed account we, as well, don't we? We have the uh we have the pencil one. We didn't put the colored one up because uh all I saw was his link to the gallery. I haven't asked him for the file he to told us we could post a colored one, I thought. Yeah, I, I need to just go download it and repost it and I haven't done that yet. That's max of effort. Yeah, I know. Kinda lazy. We'll join the flame club of huh, ah, too lazy. <laughs> Hey, yeah, it'll happen. I'm on Something vacation else. for a month, so <laughs> I want to kill you and eat your brain and get your vacation. That that's not how that works, is it? No, no, no. I have a lot of you could you could you could embody my skin and become my personality. You could emulate me, or I could go to jail and have a ton of free time. <laughs> oh, dude, yes, come on, you got the idea. Let's do this. Let's go to jail tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a California jail. They're soft, not like you have back in Atlanta. Ooh, soft. <laughs> it's, it's the gentle well, I've jail been, I've been hearing the wrong stories about jail apparently Dude totally let's go up to Oakland I'm sure it's going to be fine there Oh yeah <laughs> Oh, I don't even like going through Oakland Let alone to it Oakland kind of like jail Yeah like uh, Alright but I'm, anyway The less said the better Talking about Talking about uh, Talking about writing in your perspective I am so it. sorry I am on your show There you go <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a combined cast. So. Yeah, you know. With, with the craziness of my particular show, with the uh, hopeful intellectual part of your show, leads it to be, like, intellectually crazy. Yeah, I think that's what we're, that's okay. what we're achieving. So, things that I particularly... Let's see. I Sad to say, I haven't actually been reading as much as I had. I, I tried to get your book at Feral, uh, yeah. which unfortunately sold out, like, moments before I was able to get You were like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's all out. And I was like... I'm but, sorry, but Tony we have Tim. but we I have can't... a copy here. We saved. Okay, for you. awesome. I'll I'll hit that up hardcore. And so, um, since we know that you have a month off if you don't read it, we can or he can spite you. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's not my book. I'll just be sitting like this. What's it? ooh? He's doing what is he? bookmark? <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, it's kind of sad because the fact, as I said, my girlfriend kind of calls me an idiot because she loves to read, and I just don't. I don't end up reading that much, and it's mostly because I don't know if it's college textbooks that kind of burned it into my skull, or it's like if I open up a textbook, it's going to be filled with eight thousand terms that's just going to blow over my skull. Um, so it's it's been a while since I've actually read anything that I've really loved. Um, the last book, and this is so funny, it's one of my favorite books, is, um, I read probably right around the ninth grade, and it was 1984, which, you know, is a, damn, when, heavy when book. you were in ninth grade in 1984, or that's what you read? No, that's what I read in 1984. <laughs> okay. I'm, if, in 1984, I was two, so, or technically one, depending on where on the year you were. So, yeah, um... But yeah, that's and that kind of just sets on the idea of I kind of like these these quasi intellectual like 
that book was particularly interesting to me because it was the first time I actually got really challenged when I read a book. Yeah. Because for the most part, I had read stories and they were like, oh, no, 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 no. And in the end, everything's okay. And da, 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 da. That was the first time where I read it and I got to the end and I was like, no, I put myself as the protagonist. I'm supposed to do well. No. I'm a big fan of 1984, actually. I really liked it. And I'm sure it comes as a surprise to no one. Cam Harasaki likes depressing dystopian fiction? No, I would never have guessed that. Yeah, we're just talking about one of your... Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Russians love your story. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only difference is 1984 had sort of painful, awkward, heterosexual sex instead of hot Well, I was, I was just thinking when Flay is talking about needing to get a copy of your book. It's like, oh yeah, my girlfriend doesn't rag... Like, my girlfriend rags on me because I don't read enough. I was like, okay, honey, I'm reading gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> there, I did what you wanted. <laughs> you can't complain. There, sweetie. <laughs> Let me tell you what I... The chapter I read last night. <laughs> Two Wigglies awesome. going at it. <laughs> Total sausage fat. It was talking about docking and it wasn't a boat. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I just remind you of this thing with, with my roommate the other day. Which Oh, that just came up completely wrong. Wow. That's what she said. <laughs> I think I need a refresh here. Thank you, Mr. Silver, for taking my wine glass. I hope you bring it back with it fixed. Um, yeah, I, I should point out that um, although Flane has... Laid off the beer for now. We got um, Cam Hirsaki has his traditional wine, and I have my traditional Coke Zero. Yes, so I do have my traditional wine. We're all wine. well lubricated, as it were. But I, I don't think I started drinking until well after Flane did, so I should be okay. I hope so. Because I went through three beers. I'm <laughs> like, why does my glass keep getting refilled? Actually, this is wonderful. We don't buy no, broken had, glasses I actually, here. I actually had three beers, too, because I had a beer at home right before coming over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, all right. So I'm but, ahead uh, of you. Woo. Woo. So We're going to have a drink fight. So if I understand it correctly, <laughs> you're challenging us to write a furry version of 1984. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think Rikoshi already did that. I, I think he might have, actually. Not quite. No, not really. It's not. It's uh, not quite grim. No, no. Enough. We have to write 1984, and then we can. You know, <laughs> oh, we can get. Oh. We can get to sell it. Well, it, you 1980 know what? mer. You uh, know, it kind of leads into a little bit because, um, and I told you, I told you this at um, at Farrell that I've had story ideas in my mind, but I'm yeah. I'm somebody that's so kind of just scatterbrained, and I also have a little bit of problem of keeping to you know pushing my ideas, and also a little bit of starting a, a big project is that uh, I have a few ideas, namely uh, two story, two kind of stories that end up merging into one. Uh, one of them called Cherub, one of them called Factions. Um, and they have a lot of that because I've kind of taken some parts of different ideas that I've had and kind of strung them together. Um, and the 1984 comes in because one of the main scenes in uh, one of the stories is pretty much, well... I, I'm, just to give some people some background, I live in Georgia, which is, you know, there is a large contingent of people that are what we would call libertarian, which are, you know, individuals that are like, you need to limit the government, people need to control everything and stuff like that. And you know what? Fine and good. That's the way you can think it. Damn government come taking away my damn revenues. Yeah. And I have a friend, and this is, I, I might get some stuff for that if he hears about this, but whatever. But Jay <laughs> Naylor, which, you know, the famous artist yep, yep. and everything like that. Um, a friend of mine, good can, guy. Can you say his name without the infamous Jay Naylor? Can, without the infamous in front of it? I don't know about you. All right. He might hurt you for that. Um, but Jay Naylor, uh, you know, he, he's part of that mantra of, you know, get the government out of here, everything like this. And that the story that I have in my mind is like, what would a libertarian government be if it went to its dystopian end? Which would be like, every single road has a roadblock because you have to go pay a toll. You know, you have no real police because you end up having, you know, militias taking care of this area, militias taking care of this area, and etc. You just end up coming up with all these road these roadblocks because nothing is consistent. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the ideas that I have where you have people living through times that are 
uncomfortable, if if you want to say it that way. So, College. <laughs> that was just junior high. Well, oh, junior, there, well, junior high, you got me. <laughs> uh, your first fur con? Alone? Oh, <laughs> my first fur con was a really awkward experience. I had a panic attack while I was at it. Holiday family dinners? <laughs> I, I was going to say that, but then Flame mentioned Furcons. I thought that would be funnier. But yeah, oh, that reminds me. I should probably see my family for Christmas. I haven't seen them in two years. My first Furcon was actually what, RCFM for like a day and a half. I just, I, and this is how, this is, all right, I'm going to go ahead and put on the nerd button. I came back from a LARP. And uh <laughs> oh, all right. You know, I'm glad Kit me brought me back with a big glass of wine. Now. Trust me, I wish I had more beer. Lightning bolt. I wish it was any different. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was about. I, I did. I decided to do half and half because it was my first time. I went half to that and then drove all the way across the state into Alabama up to RCFM and did half of that. And I enjoyed the con more than the LARP. So just to give you an idea. Well, there you go. You know, I, I have to be fair. I have, in fact, LARPed, if that's the correct. Verbiage. Now, of course, here's the question: well, Was it? Are we talking vampire LARP where you're just going around in a cowl? No, or are we it, talking? It was. Boffer? It was a boffer. LARP. Oh yeah, here, give yeah, it, brother. It was, it was called the Realms. It's based out of Western Massachusetts, uh, and I, I went to one boffing realm event. My uh, my character was a cleric named Niles. Dude and I died like the very first time anyone came at me. Two and a half years of Nero. Oh, Nero. Shit, really? Yeah. I actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate myself that I do. <laughs> Trust me, I hate myself that I did. So you weren't... Wow. Okay, well, at least you weren't a you guys Scadian. Are, you guys are frightening me. This is good. <laughs> this is good for horror episode. Yeah. You people out there who wanted to know how to write something scary, just... Uh, just you have know, the, the two of us talking. You used to LARP? Get... I used to LARP. Let's have sex. <laughs> Boffers. Hold on, let me text my girlfriend. Being offered sex on latest show. Yeah. Can I accept? <laughs> Being offered sex live on recorded podcast. Is this cool? <laughs> she's gonna listen to this episode later and be like wait what the hell <laughs> that's that's actually a uh an interesting little story idea so he's like hey somebody offered me sex can i accept it <laughs> i was i was thinking of the sex live on the podcast angle but uh, i think we could do both dude okay hold on <laughs> right. the first times i was looking for podcasts i came across a particular podcast called swinger cast just oh, because geez. it was in it was in the sexual area, and I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like. Literally, the first four minutes of it was somebody getting a BJ. No, like seriously, oh, they do the Donald this, Duck voice at least. This was the this was a sound file of just. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, delete, say, unsubscribe. You know, it, I think <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say that I thought it might be a little difficult to work our. You know, regular blowjob reference into our uh, podcast, and I did not think that the one to do it would be Flane. You're welcome. <laughs> so kudos, you know, You're I, kudos. I, I, man. I was just going to say, if I were ever giving someone a blowjob and that's how they complimented me in that tone of voice, <laughs> I would get up and leave. Like I don't care who it was or where. I well, was. I just, I just find it funny that some, and this was a listener contribution. So it's like, oh. hold, hold on one second, sweetie. Wow. I'm going to pull out my pocket recorder while oh, you do this. I am never going to feel clean again. Thank you. <laughs> wow. You know, that's what, that's what I bring to different shows. We, and, and we appreciate that. And it was on topic, too. Yeah. So it was terrifying and erotic related. So, so how, there you go. I, so I understand horror. Yes. Yeah. Horror. We do. Um, horror. <laughs> Which says Shut something totally mouth. different if you say it a different way. Uh, um, but yeah, you had talked about some of your story ideas at Feral, and so I thought um, this would be a good venue, and I'm uh, you know, glad to hear about them. So what, uh, what, kind of, what do you feel stops you from getting the getting the projects off the ground. You know, what it always comes down to is the fact that I have a lot of like I like really pungent little pieces. Like, oh, that that's that that one particular scene is so awesome. I love that. This particular scene is so great. This is good. But I never feel like I have all the strings attached like well, how, all this is supposed to end 
this way, but I'm not sure. And how do I connect these two points that it doesn't sound like it's stupid? And, you know, and that that's what kind of be, it starts off with. I think I technically have a good beginning, like maybe a good starting two chapters. But the, 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 the thing about factions is this is what kind of makes it more difficult is the fact that you're that's I'm trying to tell a story of two different sides and trying to tell a story of two different sides in which this side thinks this side is assholes and this side thinks that side is assholes, but neither side are assholes. Right. Where, yeah. you know... I was going to say, I know at least an example where they do that, where, you know, okay, you from this point of view, Group A... You know, looks like the good guys, and from this group of point of view, group B looks like a good side. Although in the reality, instead of neither of them being assholes, they're both kind of assholes. And I'm thinking specifically of Kim Stanley Robinson's Mars trilogy. Oh God, I read the first yeah. book of that, and while I enjoyed the book, I yeah. didn't want to read the rest of them because I didn't care about any of the characters. Yeah, but but it is an example of you can paint your impression of something from someone's point of view, and you can promote sympathy right. and then by switching to somebody else's point of view you can portray contempt right well the easiest way i saw to do that is to make them part of a larger group is make the larger group be you know like this group as a whole are bad but there are good people in it and this group as a whole are kind of bad but this part of them is good like america on the world stage yeah it'd be like huh. everybody in like I, I was listening to something, and this is going to be such a tangent, but like the conception <laughs> oh, of fine. America in Germany is that we are all cowboys, which is the same you know, in Japan. Oh, okay. They think we're all cowboys and that we all own guns. So you know that, and that's just the thing is that the idea is this, but you know, if you go there and you're like, hey, you know, this is me. I'm just a cool guy. They're like, oh, okay. Well, you're an exception. Everybody else is a cowboy, right? And the Americans have their own stereotypes of Germans and Japanese too. Mm-hmm. Depending on what age bracket you fall in, it's different stereotypes. But, but yeah, we have the same thing. Um, when do we bust out into the sound of music? The hills are alive. With Apparently now. Music. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, All right, and that's done with. Um, so. Did you want to dive into the horror questions, or did you have some stuff you wanted to ask us? Um, you know, I, I think, I, and this is just going in, I think my particular problem is just the entire fact of I just have, I, I've got a lot of, uh, my, it's always the conception, I have a lot on my plate, I don't have the time to actually do it or give it the, the treatment that I feel it deserves, and that it would just, I just don't feel like I have what I need to make it as good as it is. And of course I realize in part of my head, that's what editing's for. That's what right. cleaning up's for. Right, that's right. everything like that. But the concept in my head is that, Hey, I need to write this good, you know, so that when I, even I look at it, when I edit, I'm like, okay, that was good. And I can work off of it. And it might be, you know, and this is going to be stupid as well. And the fact that I wrote, it was probably like a novella, but I wrote something, I wrote like a whole story of Flane in high school. And then after I was done, I looked back at it and I was like, Jesus Christ, what did I do? This is the <laughs> dumbest thing. I've ever, fan fiction looks better than this. I think a lot of our listeners are kind of in the same boat yeah. where they're, they're like, they're busy with a lot of things, work and socializing and video World games and whatnot, World of Warcraft yeah. and... Um, Ding. They just, uh, I think at the funniest, one of the funniest moments was when we were at Camp Farrell. I don't know, I don't think you were there, but we were at the Musician Circle, and all these people were getting up and playing their songs, that, and playing songs they'd written, and playing guitar, and they'd learned to play guitar. And this one guy said, eventually after like an hour or two hours of this, said, this might be a stupid question, but um, how many of y'all play World of, World of Warcraft? And like one person raised his hand. He was like, that's what I thought. Damn it. All the time I could have wasted taking guitar lessons. <laughs> wow. So, uh, that See, was I just podcast and play World of Warcraft. Yeah, so right, that's about exactly. even well, the, for me. The, the point, one of the things that you mentioned was about, you know, oh, well, you know, I don't have time to sit and do this. And one of the things I say time and time again to a lot of people is that, you know, there's no such thing as having the time to write. It's always making the time to write. That's pretty much how it goes because it's, it's a hard thing to do. And so, I mean, you're always going to, 
you know, left to your own devices, you will always try to fill that block of time with something that's easier. You know, <laughs> unless you, you know, whip yourself into shape and... No. Yeah, and and a lot of people who tell me, you know, well, I, I really want to be a writer, but I, I have this story in mind, and I just can't find the time to do it. I can't get it to come out right. I can't. And, you know, I started it like three months ago, and then I haven't done anything with it since then. And I always kind of feel like, you know, if you really, if you had to get the story out, you'd make the time mm-hmm. to do it. Well, and, I'm sure. And I'm sure. We've talked good, about that a lot. I'm sure a good amount of it is confidence issues. I mean, yeah. if 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 I felt like I would I had everything nailed down, it would be it would be set on a it's on its own path. Right. Because I would know where it would go. I know how it moves. And it's just a little bit of confidence of like is this as nice in my head as it would translate to paper. And, you know, and, it never it, it's always better in your head. Even, you yeah. know, people people like us whenever we write stories, we always run into that where it's like we had this brilliant idea and then we write it down and uh, you had one recently where yeah the one i just finished writing which i don't think i'm going to even oh i mean i finished the first draft but i don't think i'm going to bother to rewrite it because i just you know i had an idea i wrote it like you know that was just you know that there really wasn't a story to go with that idea yeah now you're going to torture our listeners because they're going to be like, oh, there's a Kamiurasaki story that we're never going to get to see. It'll be like the fabled lost Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. that. <laughs> the furry lost sea scrolls. Nobody died. In it it. said Merper Richfer. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it, it, it kind of makes me feel like, you know, there should, there's probably some other way to get those ideas out. Like you talked well, about working well, with an artist. And yeah, I, I worked with, I technically worked with three artists for a while. I worked with, um, I worked uh, originally with Fossil uh, back in the day. And that just turned into something where it, it was just a little bit hard to wrangle in. I worked with another uh, artist who was technically outside the fan, but who was kind of interested on the periphery. Uh, but she was even less like able to concentrate. She was the kind of person that would be like, "I'm doing painting. I'm doing tarot cards. I'm doing comic. I'm do-, you know uh-huh. like every three weeks was just like, here's my new thing. All here's the names I'm thing. not going to name <laughs> the podcasts are going through my head right now. Yeah. And, and then I originally I then went back and tried to get my friend Bonk, but you know that's one of the things where he just has so much on his schedule. I didn't know your friend with Bonk. Oh yeah, we're we're tight. Hey, we, That's right. not an adjective. I would <laughs> use in that case. We, we we used to run an X Men game together, and I play Seren- I do a Serenity tabletop with him. Oh, so you're gonna have to talk to you when we're done recording about tabletop stuff. I didn't yeah, get into that. Either. Dude, I have Serenity tabletop at the place. Bring it by. It's awesome. <laughs> you're wearing a blue sun shirt. I am wearing a blue. So sun there you shirt. go. I mean, the fact I say that, you should be like, "Oh, really? Tell me more." I didn't want to get too excited with the podcast. I wanted to say on topic. <laughs> You really have already failed at that. I'm sorry. I, as, I, as I said, I bring a different dynamic to shows I've come on. Um, which which is great. I, we I, love I'm, it. I'm just so animated. I'm sorry. The beer. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we gave you three glasses. It's three. We call it podcast Jeez. fuel here at our discreet, undisclosed Pacific uh, oil tanker, whatever it Location. is. Location, yeah. Somewhere they talked out. about Oakland earlier. Why don't you cross-reference? <laughs> Oakland's on the Pacific, ish. Anyway, yeah. um, that's more than ish. You can get to the Pacific Ocean from Oakland. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can get to the Pacific Ocean from. You can get to the Pacific Ocean from, from Portland or Seattle or Los. You can get Angeles. to the Pacific Ocean from New York City too. From you just Chile, have to, it just takes a little longer. Oh sure, kill me with semantics. <laughs> semantics or semantics? all right. Um. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot you know of times what? people I, get stuck on writing because it's something that you can do and you have complete control over by yourself. And sometimes that's, you know, that's a plus and a minus. Yeah. One thing I might try, and I know that this is a big thing, and I've, I'm, I'm technically on vacation for now, so maybe I could collect some of my thoughts and, you know, maybe take care of some of the anthropod stuff uh, with the site and everything. Like, like and, getting uh, unsheathed up on it. Yeah, that's on the <laughs> list. Um, but, um... Oh, hey, you sounded just like me. Um, <laughs> but... Um, one thing that I know is coming up, I could possibly try it for, because once I get back home, I'll probably have a bunch of disposable time, but November's coming up, which if I remember correctly, 
November is that great like come on semi quasi contest for writing for novel writing. NaNoWriMo, yeah. There, National Novel Writing Month. Where it's just like just write as much as you can. Try what what's the limit? What's the uh, 50,000 words 50, is the goal. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's only 1300 words a day, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and just it's doable. It, it's but... it's simply just sitting there and pounding and just putting stuff down on the page and just be right. like okay, you are going to get to that amount. And the whole point of it is to get people to stop worrying about, you know, what I write as a first draft has to be quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a, a actually a National Novel Edit Month where you take the novel you wrote in November and you edit it. And I believe that's March. That was oh, okay. way more soul-crushing. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot a lot fewer people do that because yeah. it's not as much fun. Well, it's because like what you were saying... And, and you don't really know when you're done. That's true, <laughs> which we've also done. But sort of building off of what you were both saying about this whole... You know, needing to, you know, oh, like, I want to be a writer and do this. and about making the time. I think that writing is an interesting case where I think that there's a sort of conception where, you know, like, people go, like, oh, yeah, like, I have stories. Like, I want to be a writer. And they just sort of expect it to happen. But, like, if it's like, oh, like, I want to be, like, a concert pianist. Like, nobody just expects to sit down at a piano and be great at it. Or, like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. Like, you don't just walk into NASA and ask to be let on the space shuttle. But for some reason, like, with you writing... Say, it's sort speak of like, for yourself. Well, yeah, actually... <laughs> I think I'm good uh, enough. Come on. No, no, Punky Brewster already killed those dreams for me back in the mid-'80s. Aw. So... Don't you remember the movie? You have to be able to, like, blow into a tomb and keep the little ball up for uh, Yeah, but wasn't minutes. there, like, the astronaut, uh, the farmer that, astronaut right. or something like that where he yeah. was able to do it or something? I don't. Kids Everybody can be one. Heard me say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm also happy because the Rockies tied it up. <laughs> You're now dating the game. He just, he just, he just likes things being tied up. Hey, oh, that's what <laughs> she said. So, uh, I mean, that's an that's an idea for me to go ahead and try that. Maybe I maybe I can go through during that month. Though, of course, even that idea is a little bit frightening. I'm just like, oh, I'll try and do this big. This big crazy story, and I got to make sure it works and everything, you know. You know, the nice but, thing about it is they have a whole infrastructure set up where you can register and, you know, have a site. And I, I, I've never actually done the official thing, but no. you can just People upload can your work count and yeah, yeah. And that's that's a good bit of pressure. People can keep tabs on you. It's like, hey, you're you're slacking, <laughs> and they can mock you. <laughs> and I and I always thought, especially for furries, November is a tough month because you've got Midwest Fur Fest and then you've got Thanksgiving. And see, I do neither. So there you go. Wow, there you go. Though, though, to go ahead and date the show again, you know, congratulations to everybody doing their Canadian uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy, happy Canadian Thanksgiving. You yeah. know, as I said earlier, beta testing Thanksgiving for us Americans. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to all the Canadian furs that I didn't meet because I didn't go to Feral with Kyle. Oh, we'll get you there one day. Mm-hmm. Feral high five from the, across the way. Uh, Hirosaki-san feels all left out now. I am. That'd be a great place for an otter, too. Lots of water and, you know... Yeah, water and slipperiness. And water and slipperiness and gay furries, yeah. It's all great. But it's I, a PG-13, I've Tom. heard stories about otters, so... <laughs> I've written stories about it. I mean... <laughs> so have I. Hey now, hey now. Don't oh, yeah. So, <laughs> on the last <laughs> podcast where we had the little update about Kyle writing his little story about his challenge for me, and I called him a son of a bitch, I have seen a draft of this full story now he sent it to me while i was at work the bastard um because he's like hey i noticed you were having a really rough week at work i thought i could cheer up your day it's just sort of like okay well there goes about 45 minutes of productivity right there thank you very much and uh yeah now i am extra to to, to use a buzzword that i know will make kyle cringe i'm i am very incentivized to make sure that my uh story that i write back for him is uh of equal caliber. I think I think I failed that the first time around. I don't think that the story I wrote for you on our first counter challenge was nearly as good as the one you wrote. Incentivize. That sounds like management. Talk. Well, you know, I'm I'm perfectly willing to do as many go rounds of this uh, challenge as it takes. If we have to do, keep writing about me getting fucked by 20... wolves. Just keep doing it. <laughs> keep doing it, Hirosaki-san. Just I won't. I won't say no. Just one. <laughs> of course you won't. Just just the same one. 
So no, uh, not www.yifstar.com for <laughs> Yif the Star. same fox getting fucked by wolf story over and over again. <laughs> Yif Star. No, not same story. Quality entertainment. The same, the same wolf, not same story. Uh, oh. <laughs> you said well, wolves, plural, and I, I was just like, you know, just, did just I? the one. Yeah, just I the, think you just... might have just misheard me. Or maybe I slurred because the same wolf keeps giving me wine. Or maybe you're actually plotting a story. Or maybe I... Oh, I can't think of a good joke there. <laughs> I'm, I'm understanding we're receiving mystical signs from a, a ghost that we're supposed to focus. Yes. As um, he watches a baseball game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, focus. So, um, well, I know you said you wanted to ask us some questions. So did you want to do that? I mean, we're, we're at the point now where we could just do the horror questions oh. the next episode and... Oh, yeah, um, I mean, we we could roll across on that. We can just we can we can we can toss those um, toss those aside. Even though I could use funny voices on some of the emails, um, we'll, we'll have to do to it. Halloween next week anyway. You know that's true. Huh? Whisper, whisper, um, so whisper, so yeah, whisper, if we don't uh, yes, Kit Kit is telling me right now um, uh, that if we're we're going to put off the horror for another week. So if anyone has questions they didn't send in. Um, the questions we got all boil basically down to how do you write things that are scary? Yeah, and we could stand to have some more for more conversation, Father. I think. Yeah, but I mean, we could certainly feel like 15, 20 minutes just talking about our favorite horror writers and, yeah. and what oh, they and, do and, right. And that and, doesn't mean, hey, people who already wrote in, you didn't write in good enough. That's not what I mean. No, it just we, means if that, you know, people, if people we want got, to. We only heard from a few of you. Right. That and the fact I'm pretty terrible when it comes to t- horror writing. I'm like, I don't like scary stuff. I watch Shaun of the Dead and What's the Zombie Land because. Speaking of which, I hear that Paranormal Activity, the movie that just hit, is terrifying. I, I've I've been seeing that too. It's actually been rated R for intensity. Wow. No, not for any other reason but intensity. And of course, I've heard it either way. I've heard it that, yes, it is a crazy, like, terrifying movie. Uh-huh. But I've also heard that it is possibly just a big hype wagon sent by the studio. Because it, if you go in there going, oh my god, this is the scariest movie of all time, you're going to be disappointed. But if you go in there go with limited expectations, it will surpass Well, the that. last movie I did that with was The Descent, where people told me, oh my god, this movie is terrifying. And it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that movie scared the crap out of me. You know, uh, the last one that I went into like that was Blair Witch Project, where everyone was like, oh my god, it's such a scary movie. It's so terrifying. And... I was like, okay, it had like one creepy scene at the end, and all otherwise it was just shaky cam. I thought Blair Witch was all right. You know, I I saw that over at a friend's place like ages back, and you know, it had some scary things like, what's in the box? What's in the box? Oh, oh, it's a heart! You know, and stuff. I saw the Blair Witch Project when it was still like just in indie theaters before it had a huge thing of hype. So I just, people said, oh, you need to see this. I went, okay. So I sat down. I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't know it wasn't a documentary when I was watching it. Like, I didn't realize it was fiction until, like, see, near and, the and end. If, see, and in that case, I could see it being yeah, scary. It, it, it I could see it really. being, okay, we just found this tape and we're yeah. playing it for you. I can see that like, being Dude, I just watched a snuff film. Yeah, like, yeah. Without, without the fourth wall there, like, to know, like, okay, it, it's not real, like... Under the impression that it was real, it was very scary. Though, funny side point about Blair Witch, uh, my I think it was my French teacher's daughter in high school had the opportunity to put money down into Blair Witch uh, and never did. Uh, and she could have made just like millions. I was reading an article just earlier today about low-budget movies that made a ton of money, and Blair Witch was one of them. I think they made it for... Under half a million, and it grossed 150 million. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought the they made investors. it for like 50 bucks in an old beat up map. No, it was more than that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the investors just like reap so much money off of that. Yeah, but which is the show? Um, over but that's here one thing. To, to, <laughs> ooh, ooh, hero. <laughs> um, but to kind of to kind of toss in a little thing about horror, since we promised people, um, that's one of the ways that you can really get to people is by building up expectations and um, and then playing off of them. Because if people expect one thing and you're giving them something else, you can really twist that around into something frightening. I think that that's something that applies to crafting tension in general. And in this case, it's a matter of intent. And a lot of it's kind of come through in the content right. that you're writing. I mean, you know, and 
what Kyle says there is is really good advice, and I think that there's a difference between you know there's atmospheric horror where you're creating like a spooky sort of atmosphere and you know having you know basically just the setting and what's going on being scary. Then there's like you know suspense thriller, and then you've got you know L- Lovecraft is kind of his own thing. Yeah, and way. actually Lovecraft came to mind when. Um... In one of the questions that we got, so I'll save that one for next. Yeah, because oh. I, I could talk for a long time about Lovecraft. Yeah. And, and, of course, you miss a few things, like the theatrical, like, boo effects that they usually right. have. Like, you can't actually just drop in the words in big, bold letters, and then he, she was behind him. And like, ah! You know, it's not as, you know, pungent as it would be in other medias. Although, But it, people have been writing scary stuff since before there were movies. Right, I mean, yeah, right. the original Frankenstein and Dracula, those were those were horror. Yeah. Those were scary. And, and in movies, usually, it's just Still because, are, you know, sometimes. it's just it's loud noises attached with movement. Yeah, right. That's what and it you, is. And you've got the loud musical stinger, like the like, single note, like violin screech. <laughs> you know, just like... I'm... Um, and in movies, you have control over the pace at which people experience the story. Like with a book, uh, and I have the terrible habit of when I flip a page in a book, I kind of skip ahead to the bottom of the following page so I know what happened in that two and pages. she was eating their corpse. So, <laughs> yeah, so when I see, you know, oh, and there's bloody entrails there i'm like oh something bad happens in between here and there and so as she opened up a, uh, well, a ziploc bag and began to eat i'm glad i don't have your reading problem like i'm terrified of spoilers as it is the idea of reading like half a page ahead is like anathema to me and see oh, i'm like the opens... opposite i'm the one that's like please spoil it for me kid opens books to the last page yeah <laughs> do you really <laughs> Yeah, he's just, nodding at me affirmatively yeah. for you folks at home. He does. As a confident you know, I nod. Mean, I will not even read the back cover of a book and tell him about halfway through it. In this sci-fi thriller, <laughs> everyone dies at the end. Oh, Wait, so, so you, you have you read, read Rikoshi's book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that's, that's very telling that we share that in common. Yes, and telling in another way. Um, but... Uh, but, uh, so, but, anyway, but we're gonna, we're, right. we're like, yeah, not not to take it, like, to, of course, to. of course, to leave a lot of the uh, horror discussion for next time. But when yeah, we'll hit that up. We'll leave it for them. But you had something you wanted to ask, or I don't know, did I? Well, you said you started with why you did the why at Feral. Well, and then were... I did the why at Feral, and of course, the question that I had, and this was just kind of a little interesting thing. I was kind of trying to figure out things today, and this has been okay. I'll, I'll admit to this. I lurk on lulls a bunch just because, well, one, I want to make sure, you know, and see what they're talking about and if they ever talk about me, which they did today. Um, you know, oh, that, I've, <laughs> I've seen Kyle pop up on lulls. Oh, yeah. I've totally seen that, too. I mean, I, I keep I keep a I keep a good grab on it, you know, for different reasons of just telling people, hey, this came up. Hey, this came up and then be like, OK, a Jay Naylor thread came up. Kind of chuckle, um, you know, and, you know, do those particular things. But. The one thing that I keep noticing, and this occurs about as much as their postings of horse penis, which just a second, but um, you know, <laughs> there six semper horse penis. <laughs> but um, is the entire idea of is the fandom a fetish, which is a big question that I kind of, for the longest time I kind of went no 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 it's the old thing it's the old community it's a community of people and then there's people inside of it that do their things and there are people that fetish and and then I, I you know since the feral episode I have kind of gone back and went well I I went to the base level of why I went to why do you do this and now I've started to take it well okay why is because of these different reasons but what about different base things is this community technically a fetish. I'm going to, I've been thinking about this actually a lot lately too, because this is a perennial topic. It comes up all the time, but I saw somebody say something that was very succinct and I'm probably going to ruin it here by blathering, but um, it sort of put it in perspective to me. And the way I look at it is, is that I am very much drawn two animal people and, you know, sort of, you know, the whole anthropomorphic, you know, milieu, you know, that is appealing to me. The community is a part of my life. I'm very much, you know, just drawn to this whole idea of using, you know, animal people, you know, to tell stories and, you know, to depict characters, you know, and all of that thing. 
on the same vein, I'm also a human being. I am a sexual creature. I have, you know, sexual things. And, you know, you know, I like this. I also, you know, like sex. It makes sense for me to combine the two. And it's not so much that I like furry things because they're sexual. I just, I like it, you know, sexual things when it's mapped onto that. Uh, I, think that the, makes I think the sense. question there would be, because um, I'm thinking about this in my case, I've, I've my own answer, but um, I think the question would be, do you like, and you don't have to answer this on the podcast, but do you like sexual things that are not furry? You know, okay, and and I will answer because this I'll, on the I'll say I'll say frankly. Well, go ahead, you go first. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not into non-furry porn at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I, not. I don't. Yeah, you know, people have sent me like this. You know, I've before I found furry. Like, yeah, there was you know that I would go to like you know adult websites and pictures, but pretty much ever since. You know, plunging muzzle first into this little fandom of ours. Yeah, like, I mean, other than actual real live sex I have with actual people, that's the only exposure I have to, like, human sex. Yeah, and no, I, I was going to answer pretty much the same way. It's just, yeah. um, it clearly, you know, we both write stories sexualizing furry critters because that's what we enjoy. And we've said right. many times, I write what I enjoy. Um, and, I just have really very little interest in human porn, at least visual. I've considered yeah. writing, and then it's kind of okay. It's not, you know, I've been able to do it on occasion. They had sex. Why can't they tie at the end? Um, <laughs> but uh, You mean his dick just kind of hangs there and doesn't come out of this cute fuzzy holster? Good job. Good job. Uh, good job. Perspective. Wow. It's on topic. No, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I think it, that that's actually, I mean. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's awesome. No, it, I mean, it just sort of shows that, like, the, it's like it, it's, a, it's a matter of, like, a standard of attractiveness and what we consider, like, attractive. And, you know, like, to be perfectly honest, like, yeah, like, I don't. With very rare exceptions, I don't notice when people are attractive. But, you know, if I'm going to you know, browsing, like, a website, like, if I'm going through, like, a furry webcomic, even if it's completely, you know, G-rated, but it's just like, oh, yeah, he's hot, I'd fuck him. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, and, oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, I, well, I know exactly Let me Let me about. pull this point. I do agree with you on, uh, agree with you both on your points. The If I just look at the bare, the bare quota of amount of fandom artwork that I have opposed to human artwork I have, it's it's dwarfed. There's there's no contest. It's more it's probably more than a four to one. Um, but you know, if you have to, and uh, what it takes for a female, uh, like a female or a male, to you know appear attractive is so specific, and yet inside the fandom, it is so it's not as specific. Um, your jurisdiction yeah, is I life naked plus fave. Yeah, I mean, part, I mean, part of it too is the fantasy aspect of it all. I mean, the fact that there's a that uh, well, the one picture we were looking at earlier today, the spit roasting one. Yeah, spit um, roasting. Just trying to if I if I try to picture what that would have looked like with people, I'm like, it would just eh, kind of like, it, it would, would just, just look like slutty and dirty and wrong. It, it, well, not is, in a good way. Though. Yeah, exactly. But like slutty and dirty and wrong when it's animal people, for some reason it magically becomes hot. So in this in this idea, if we if we take it like this, then at base value, yes, it is because this well, is something that you that brings you a sexual attractiveness that you know is different than you know, and that in some ways I I don't want to say impedes, but it actually causes a difference if it causes no indifference if it can cause no difference if you were to take them side by side and say ah, yeah you know i could take one or the other that would be you know that would be none but this shows a difference so technically this would lead down the path of yes it is yeah but uh what i will say is i believe what we're saying is for us yes um i will say that i believe that furry fandom encompasses a lot of people and I would not say that in all cases, people in the fandom are in it because it's a fetish. Mm-hmm. There are people who, and, you know, I know people will say, well, if they protest so much, it's probably because it really is and they don't want to admit it. But there are a lot of people that do not sexualize the fandom. Mm-hmm. And here's one thing that I want to bring up, which I think is probably going to be an interesting point. Do, and this this kind of brings it back over of does your inter, your interaction with the fandom 
cause you to change who you personally find interesting. Which, by I mean like this, say you have people, all of them are in the fandom, but does their particular fursona, or as I like to call, mersona, <laughs> impact your decision on if you like them? So like, oh, that person has a husky. So therefore, I like huskies better. Therefore, I'll most likely be more interested with them opposed to anyone else. I'm going to answer this real quick. Online, yes, absolutely. I had a friend that I only knew online, did not know him in person at all. His persona was a skunk. I used to talk to him all the time. Like I was emotionally, physically attracted to him. Then like one day, he switched his persona over to a horse. And just like, done. Like I just... Could not horses. What is with them? I just I no, know. no. Like, and it, it, it was weird. I just actually couldn't relate to him anymore. And like, I was like, "Can you sign on as your other character so I can talk to you?" Because it was just I had this mental disconnect, and it was really weird. Now, for my my in person friends, that doesn't happen because I mean, I'd have to say, "Well, you have to be really shallow to not be friends with somebody based on their persona." But then you know, well, like all my friends, like, well, "Oh, you turned into something." Well, I don't but, like, the, but fuck you. then to take it on the opposite side, you have people who go to conventions that they have wolf panels and cat panels and things like that where they have a grouping of people yeah. who may be established and friends that are simply based on the fact that they are said species. Well, I'll I'll say I'll say one thing that we've talked about a lot is that people by and large tend to choose their species based on the kind of person that they are or the image they want to project. So in general, not targeting anyone specific, but in general, people who have fox personas relate in a way that's different from people who have horse personas, who are different from people who have dragon personas. That's only people... $150, by the way. Yeah, yeah. dragon for well, life. And you know what? It's really, really interesting because I have to agree with that to a particular degree, and it's almost creepy because, like, take for the instance, I have a phoenix, and I was a falcon beforehand. Um, if you look at individuals who have bird personas, usually they are somewhat very similar. Take two, take, you know, Jacoby, take a whole, you know, some of the other birds in the Phantom. Usually they have a particular type. They're usually outgoing individuals. They usually talk a bunch. They usually, you know, are very excited and very, you know, just, you know, yeah. just really yeah. put themselves yeah. out there. It's actually interesting you say that because it's only over the last few years that, like, I've really been able to, like, relate to people with avian personas at all. Yeah, it's no, it's funny. Well, the other thing that I was going to say is kind of related to what Hiroshaki-san said, which is I find that when I'm watching people on LiveJournal or on Twitter or um, wherever else it is that I go to talk to people, um, and this is – oh, Furfinity is the other one. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, that site. That, that place. <laughs> Did you hear I, Tyra I, found out about that? Crazy! O- OMG, WTF. Oh, <laughs> um, people's icons on those sites have some effect on... if, Like, if I don't know them any other way except through their site, if they have a cute icon, I'm more likely to listen to what they're saying than if they have, like, just some just random... Just the Twitter bird. Or yeah, something. just the Twitter I, bird or something I like that. I have absolutely friended people on LJ based on the fact that they have cute icons. <laughs> I will admit that forthwith. And so, I, like, I, icons are cute. And just friend. so everybody knows, uh, my account Flane on FA, I'm entirely sorry right now that it is still the David Hasselhoff thong, uh, you know, <laughs> image where it completely loops back into the thong. Wow, that's like the wow. most epic boner kill. So if anyone was like <laughs> listening to this thinking about like, you know, furry fetishism, he's like, uh, oh, David Aslov. Yeah, I got to show you that image. It, it, pretty much anybody who friends me say, either leaves the note of, hi, Flane, love the podcast, or, oh my God, what the hell is up with that image? <laughs> so actually, I do want to get back to the original question that you raised. Okay, go for quick, it. When you, you know, asked, you know, is the furry fandom a fetish? Now... That, <laughs> I'm, I, the, the, I'm not laughing at myself. I'm laughing at Kit. But I'm, Kit, right, so. Kit has given us a serious, like, five-minute warning. Okay. Huh? But, okay, but I, I'm not going to draw this out um, to, you know, about the thing. Am I fetishistically attracted to, you know, furry critters? Absolutely. I will not deny that. And, you know, just based on what Kyle and I were talking about, I don't think I have any basis to deny that. Do I think the fandom itself is a fetish? Well, not exactly. And 
I am certainly capable of enjoying and appreciating furry things in a non-sexual context. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like, you know, like, when I'm reading, you know, like, a new Tibet story or, you know, watching, you know, like, some sort of, like, you know, cartoon show that has animal characters in it, there's not this sexual component that's always in my mind. I, I will be, just overall, I will be more interested in things that have animal characters or animal people characters in it, but it's not necessarily sexual, and... Yeah, and when, when the, I say that, uh, so yeah. so the oh, an example I was just thinking of, movie Bolt. Okay, um, I love the movie, love the characters, love the story and everything. Um, I have no desire to see or read Bolt porn. Yeah, mm-hmm. likewise, none. That, that, sound, that sounds like my friend Donovan in uh, what is it, um, Stitch. From Leon yeah. Stitch. He's yeah. just like, I love that. Don't you ever, ever, ever show me anything like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I love that movie Same too, thing. but I mean, it, at no point did I ever feel like, oh, I want to see him fucking something. Like, no. <laughs> right. Never crossed my mind at all. <laughs> well, here's one thing that I, that I kind of took away from And that's from a guy who makes a living at it. That I think, howdy, howdy, um, that I think is kind of interesting. One, yes, you can't take the point of, well, a, you know, is it a fetish well, we know people who don't. I mean, I know Lizard Beth, who, you know, doesn't draw anything dirty and anything like that. Uh, we, I'm sure we know fursuiters that are doing it just because, you know, they like dancing around and being, you know, fun like that. And we know at least some people that do it. Is there I mean, a people lot... who don't write erotica. Yeah. Who, who write just plain furry fiction and specifically don't write anything yeah. dirty. Um, Phil, Phil Goyes, uh, who I talked to at Furry so. Fiesta, um, writes transformation fiction, but he specifically does not write... Anything suggestive or erotic? It's worth pointing out, though, that for some people, the transformative aspect itself is erotica enough. Now, well, here's yeah. here's my particular reason of why I think the fandom is erotic. It is erotic because, unlike many other um, subgroups, many other convention-laden groups like, let's take uh, sci-fi, because that's probably the easiest one to put a one-to-one uh, or to show the difference. In sci-fi, everything is made by the sci-fi makers. So, you know, you're not going to get as much Star Wars slash or as much Star Trek slash because that stuff is made by the users, but the mostly people are paying attention to this stuff over here, the mm-hmm. official stuff. The fandom is something where stuff that is made inside, for the most part, is made by the people. So the people determine the social norms. And opposed to the normal Anglo-Saxon, you know, hey, control yourself, you know, sexuality is bad, everything like this. In this society, people can say, you know what, sexuality's all right. You know, we, the fandom has been openly, you know, welcoming of homosexuals, yeah. openly welcoming of this. sexually permissive bunch. And, and uh, therefore, and- it is more okay because the, the social norm within the group is sexuality is not something that is terrible and mean and hurtful it is something that hey newsflash might be good might be fun might be interesting as long as you're safe the safe parts right right well and and one of the things that has amused me about the fandom is the um the fact that many people will get commissions of their personas in medias res as it were right and you know doing whatever and post them up in public for complete strangers to look at and see. And that's fine. And that's okay. And it's in some cases even expected. I had a friend who, and I'll keep this real short because we got to finish this, but I had a friend who's not furry, but is aware of the fandom. And he lived right near Anthrocon when it was in Philly. And he was telling me about it afterwards and said, Oh yeah, I ran into a bunch of very nice people who were very friendly and um, very willing to show me some very dirty pictures. <laughs> and that's because that's just how the fandom is. It's like you're saying, it's very open about that. And I think that's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it doesn't and, believe this sex from is... the guy who's writing porn about his co-host. If huh? you, yeah, I mean, it, exactly. If you had told me that I would write a story about characters having explicit gay sex, like, 15 years ago and that I would let other people read it. Yeah. Well, sex and that's just the thing. Sex is not considered as shameful inside the fandom as right. seen outside the fandom. And, and that your is point why. is that because the fandom creates their own rules, the fandom has created this environment where sex is more right. 
And of course, if you Open. take, and I'll make this real quick, if you take something else like anime, anime is the go between. Anime is something where you have the creators create both, you know, normal stuff, but also have the ability in many cases to create porn. And therefore, you have the disconnect where they have a large number of regular stuff and a large number of porn. They're a little bit different in that and case. And that's why people on the outside who aren't into anime see that, wait a minute, you're drawing cartoon porn. What's wrong with you people? And they assume that that's all that it is. Because how could you ever draw this? How could you allow this in your fandom? How could you allow your fan base to consume this OMG depravity? Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, that's speaking good, good of question. sex, we're going to get to our horror stuff next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we will do all that. and um, We want to... Definitely, thank you for coming by. Cthulhu it's wants been to touch you. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I will still be in the uh, Bay Area. I'm probably going to be hitting up one of these uh, crazy pizza noms or chickens or whatever they're called. Uh, local, cool. The local stuff just On to catch up some Thursday of the flavor. night. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there. I yep. see what you did. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, hurry, put them down while you still have time. <laughs> oh, it's far too late for that. Yeah, but, I need to drink myself into unconsciousness first. And letting letting y'all get back to your regularly scheduled lives now after, I think, probably like three hours of us rambling on. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I almost want to go back and like redo the podcast and just talk about the previous topic for an hour. <laughs> yeah, which we could do. I mean, we could have Flame back over here sometime yeah, in the next I mean, month. I, and could do come, it. I could come back over. I mean, as I said, I'm here for a month. So yeah, and they fed me well, so that's all it really requires. And we poured you beer. Oh and God, beer. I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> and and with that, uh, I'm Kyle Gold. I am K- <laughs> Saki. I'm not tongue tied this time. No. And I am Flane Falcon slash Phoenix slash Phoenix slash Tastic. And thank Flane-tastic. you for Tastic. Yeah. Find a. Uh, Flames podcast on anthropod.org, unsheathed at uh, unsheathed on FA. And Twitter me is Flametastic. And Twitter is Kyle Gold. And I don't have a Twitter. I'm an otter. <laughs> Good you night, can otter. You find me on otter. All right, bye, kids. Bye. <laughs>